And we're live. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode two of the Frontline Fanatics podcast. Uh, the first podcast went a lot better than we would have expected, getting over 100 views um, in under four days. So we really want to um, throw out a couple shout-outs real quick. Uh, Evan, you want to shout some people out? Yeah, what's going on, everybody? I'm really happy to be back here on the microphone. Um, we're really, really pleased with the fact that we were able to surpass 100 plays. We never uh, expected that at all, so we're really happy about that. Want to shout out our guys on Twitter that have been supporting us and retweeting us and shouting us out. Um, our guys Spider Hoopblog at Fire Chris Mooney, Andrew Canavos, uh, everyone else who followed us on the Twitter account. It's uh, at Front underscore Fanatics, I believe. We want to um, say yep. big thank you for for following us on th- on that and interacting with us. Um, Going to have of some course, more content to come in the next couple of weeks as we continue to grow. And all of our friends and family that gave us a listen and gave us some feedback we really appreciate it we're having a blast with this and we we have some really high expectations for what we're going to be able to produce in the future so yeah absolutely man i'm happy to be here ready to talk some more uh talk some more good stuff yeah so you got uh your boy ev over here on the other mic and then i'm andrew never introduce yourself never introduced myself last time but uh you know people figured it out i hope (laughs) all right so let's just jump right into it uh, let's start it off with the new University of Richmond AD. Big news. Scheduled to be coming in January 1st. Um, just had his press conference this past week. Also found out that he is the father of a 2016 University of Richmond graduate. Which w- flew under the radar a little bit. I think that opinion. did flow under the radar. Yeah. I never would have expected that, but it's kind of cool. But uh, kind of weird to see that connection there as well. But we'll see what he has to offer. Uh, we're going to get into it. He's been uh, at Bucknell University for the last 17 years. Help fostered a bunch of money to get there. I'm um, not sure what the Bison Club, which is the equivalent to our Spider Spider Club, I think it's called. Yeah, Spider Club. Not sure how their revenue or donations were before, but you know they're now annually topping $2 million, which is pretty good. Unfortunately, there was no data on the Richmond Spider Club. Sad. So we didn't really know how this would compare, but I got to imagine that ours is probably bigger than that, just because our school gets a ton of money for everything, but I'm not really sure, so I can't comment too much on that. Um. Yeah, so he really worked on focusing on everything there. Now he's also going to be the vice president as well as the director of athletics here. Evan, care to comment? I do care. Um, Me we, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually sat down and watched his entire 15-minute introductory press conference, and the part that I really wanted to look at was the concluding statements where he kind of laid out what we as Spider fans and, and the athletic community would expect for him. The first thing he, he lined out was that our number one priority, our being the athletic department, is the student-athletes. Every decision we will make will be to maximize the experience of the student-athletes. That's pretty by the book. Sounds pretty um, fair. Yeah, it sounds very fair. Sounds like something that's not very you know unique, but of course something you got to lay out. His second point was what I really like to hear. We will look at every aspect of each of our varsity programs, and we will analyze and assess whether all attributes are going to help us be successful or if they're not going to help us be successful, we'll evaluate whether we need to make changes. What do, you, what do you think about that? I mean, right off the front, right off the base, I mean, looking at the basis of this quote, I mean, you kind of think that he's going to come in and make changes right away and not be afraid, you know, to just do what he needs to do to get things done. Um, but then again, it's also kind of something that I feel like anyone would say coming into this position. Of course. So it's going to be weird to see what he's going to do right away. I'm not totally sure. I mean, there's a lot of directions he could take that may or may not be popular with the public, but maybe what this department needs to kind of get a jump start looking to the future. So 
Um, I'm really not too sure what he's going to do. It seems like a pretty PC statement. Yeah. But, that's, I mean, that's kind of what you have to do coming into a new situation. Yeah, he seemed, he seemed like a pretty pretty nice guy. Seemed like he's genuinely very, very excited to, to sign on to be part of the program. It seems like he's got a pretty good vision and idea and, and some aspirations on where he wants to take us in the next few years. I think we're in a pretty interesting position where, you know, we're a, we're a good level mid-major that gets gets a lot of good local fan support. We have a, a lot of our varsity programs can compete at high levels, but we're kind of at a lull right now where there's not a whole lot of success and excellence going forward. So, yeah, I think um, I think that, you know, that's he's got a lot he's got got a lot to look forward to and a lot to go on. So, I'm looking forward to for him to come in and, and see what he's got to do. And I, like we said in the last podcast, it's starting off with the calendar year, so like Andrew was talking about, I don't know really you know what we should expect in terms of in terms of immediate changes, but I think he's going to have some some really interesting stuff going forward. So that's that's big news to to start off for us. As long as he can get people to continue to fill the seats and be excited about the program, I think he's going to be effective in what he's doing. As long as the team's winning as well, because I mean you can get people out, and if we suck, no one's going to care. Right. So yeah. So looking at a team that not doesn't necessarily suck, but should have had a better year. <laughs> should have had a better year than. You know, the final result that they had. Super talented roster. We're talking about the University of Richmond football spiders. Um, overall, pretty disappointing season. Ended on a positive note with a uh, big win against, I guess, what is our rival. I don't really feel that we have a rivalry with William and Mary in any way. But apparently, it, we're their rivals. Um, <laughs> oldest rivalry in the South, as I say. We won 27-20. Overall, a pretty ugly game. Both of us were there. I think it was 7-3 at the half. Yeah, the first half was just absolutely brutal to watch yeah, i was falling asleep in my seat honestly <laughs> uh, but they came out played a little better in the second half not a lot of passing overall which is weird to see considering it's laletta's last game and he's looking towards the draft and you know his big pieces that that arm that he has and his ability to throw and get out of situations with his arm and kind of get bailed out by that but we didn't really see too much of that uh, we actually saw a lot of the run game in xavier goodall who had 23 carries for 180 yards and two touchdowns which was pretty awesome had some big plays to get the crowd excited. An overall good crowd, I would have to say. Yeah, I saw I a lot of recruits surprised. as well. Yeah, pretty surprised by the by the amount of the the crowd coming out. You know, again, it is a rivalry game, and it's in a game that of, doesn't really matter. Exactly, and that's what my big thing was. Usually, the senior night game is is more ex, you know exciting because it's not actually their last game. Um, Coach Huseman was talking about pregame that he wasn't really used to being in a situation where your senior night is actually your senior's last football game. But as you said, um, it was really a kind of an unorthodox game. I think if you would have told a lot of people that Kyle Lalletta would have 19 passing attempts in his last ever college game, I think they'd shake you know shake their heads right away and call you crazy. Um, and you know if if we were if I was going to tell you that we were going to rely on Xavier Goodall for 23 carries, but you know he did his his volume was strong and he really did well with with the work that he got. Um, as you were saying, Lalletta, he, he had a wonderful career. He ends his career as, I believe, the best statistical passer in your history. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, in terms of yards, in terms of all those fun stats. But it was a weird game for him. Um, he just didn't really seem like he got in a rhythm. He did throw two interceptions, and I don't think either of them were you know, out like really his fault. They weren't terrible Yeah, there were two, yeah. two, two deflections. deflections. Yeah. But Houston said in the postgame press conference that the reason – that they kind of steered away from the pass for most of the game was he just didn't really feel like they were getting a lot out of it. And that also has to do with the fact that, one, we came into the game without Deshaun Brissett, leading senior wide receiver, which I didn't know about actually until until during the game. I didn't realize that we didn't have him. 
And then Tyler Wilkins, another really, really good receiver, went down very early, I believe, in the first half. It must have been he uh, tweaked his knee. So we were running, I believe, some tight ends out there playing some wide receivers. So I understand completely why we went away from it, but I kind of went into the game expecting a, a Kyle Lalletta outburst, and that's not what we got. Me too, especially against this, what was a 2-8 and eight William & Mary team that didn't really look that impressive on defense, and we definitely made them look better than they were, I would have to say. Um, overall, not a great game. We still got the win, but I really think this should have been a blowout, and yeah. just we should have just thrown a lot more. But, you know, looking towards you know the offseason, there's a lot of holes we're going to need to fill on the offensive line. We've got Alex Light and Patrick Liebert, two studs that you know fought through a lot of injuries great throughout players. their four years. Great players. Um, they're definitely going to be missed on that O-line, so hopefully we got some good recruits coming in. I think we got a couple of young guys on the on the roster who need to maybe beef up a little bit, but I think besides that we should be in good shape now that this is – this is probably going to be Kevin Johnson's team. It is. And we saw a little preview of him last year, I believe, Yeah, in the playoff while Aletta was injured. And he looked pretty good overall, um, pretty mobile guy, um, also has a pretty solid arm, pretty conservative on the throwing part, but I'm sure he'll grow out of it as he was a true freshman. So we'll look towards that next year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a team with our caliber, losing senior players, you know, aside from someone like Lalletta, who's, you know, a once-in-a-generation in a kind of quarterback, Losing marquee p- players isn't that big of a deal because we have a lot of young talent on the roster ready to step up. That can be seen. You know, you'd think initially that losing our two starting cornerbacks um, in Gerald Jordan and in um, Tafan Mainsaw would be a huge loss. But we've got a lot of young guys, uh, Trent Williams, Samari Springs, Micah Keels, and I know he just went down and our thoughts go out to him. Hopefully he's ready to go for preseason next year. But we've got a lot of talent to come in. Running back depth still looks good. Wide receivers are looking great. We're going to have three really good receivers next year in Wilkins, Jamal Bevels, as long as he's back healthy, and Cortrell Simpson. Yeah, we hope he is, and Cortrell Simpson. So team's not going to be lacking any talent, and I, I think we're going to be in another spot next year as long as Johnson's ready to take the next step up that we're going to be hopefully competing for another playoff spot. You know, And that kind of lets us transfer a little bit to the fact that this year was our only year at school where we didn't make the playoffs. And – you can hmm. chalk up a lot of it to having a new coach, even though he's familiar with the program, still getting, you know, your 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 systems in, your communication, all of that stuff is is definitely not the easiest thing in the world. But, you know, we both have some have some things to talk about with, with Coach Houston just in terms of what the the little that we've seen in, in his interactions and his his uh, demeanor and stuff like that. So Andrew, if you wanna if you wanna go off on this, I think uh, we've got some good stuff to talk about in terms of Coach Houston. Yeah, so I was never a big fan of this hire. Um, I thought he came from kind of a system that didn't really go great with ours. Um, granted, they had a pretty good year last year. They did make it to the second round of the playoffs where they lost to number one Sam Houston State, only lost by five, which isn't terrible, but I just didn't feel, feel like he was the right person for our system. He just is a very traditional coach, um, not very charismatic, um, and you know, players really love charismatic leaders, especially in sports. Um, it really helps them get get motivated. And, you know, just, like, analyzing some of his press conferences, he just seems super awkward. His sentences are really spaced out. He just doesn't sound like someone who should be leading, you know, 80 guys on a team. Absolutely. Um, and then just look at his physical presence. A lot of times his arms are crossed, his hands are together. He's kind of slouched over. He doesn't seem to speak with a lot of energy. So, overall, he just doesn't seem like a super inspiring guy. Um, uh, we both discussed that he is kind of an unimpressive presence on the podium and on the field. You know, he gets a little fiery sometimes when it comes to calls, but – doesn't just doesn't seem to have some of those attributes that Coach Rocco had before. 
And yeah, I mean, having not made the playoffs for the first time is pretty tough, especially when we see, you know, teams that we've beaten in the past, like JMU, who is number one, and we play them pretty well um, this past week, or I guess two weeks ago now. And seeing them, you know, thrive with a team that is pretty similar to ours is kind of tough for us to see when we know that we had that potential as well. So I don't know. Um, this is going to be another decision that Hart will have to analyze, but as much as I'd love to see him go, and <laughs> I know that's kind of a <laughs> pessimistic view. One year, you're done. One year, done. I, ha- I need automatic um, satisfaction <laughs> when, it, when it comes to me as a follower of this team, but I, I don't really see him going anywhere. I mean, it's tough to bring someone in with one year with literally no experience with this team in the past, what, let's say eight years or something like that. I'm, I really have no idea. Didn't look that something, up. Yeah, something around that. Um, um, and like you just can't expect him to thrive. And I guess in a system that's not really his he didn't have any he didn't recruit any of these players um as talented as they are so i mean that's an excuse for him in some ways yeah i agree with a lot of what you said there the you know the we talked a lot about just how he really is an unimpressive sluggish presence on the podium he just kind of i don't know if he seems disinterested or tired or it's just he doesn't give the the press a lot he just doesn't seem to be very passionate and again i'm not trying to knock him because we for all we know once those locker room doors are closed, he could be firing those guys up, you know, however much he wants. But, and you know, he could just have no concern for what the press cares about. But just from what we're able to see, which I think is very important because that's what all the rest of the fans are able to see, he just doesn't seem, you know, to have that spark. And I agree with you. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think a one-year flip would be way too much. We didn't have a disastrous season. I just think we really failed to meet expectations. Now I will say, that if we don't make the playoffs next year, I think he's really on the hot seat just because we still have a lot of talent. Hot seat alert. Yeah, <laughs> we have a lot of talent hanging around still on that roster. But I personally think that we're going to have, you know, we're going to improve on this season going into next year. That, again, is very contingent on how Kevin Johnson's able to do replacing Kyle Lalletta. But I don't think he's going anywhere for right now. But keep your eyes on that in the future because it's something that the new AD could have his eyes on. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely changing a lot of things in the program, um, especially with the commits rule. Um, he said that if a commit doesn't sign by December 20th for the early period with the new rule, um, teams are going to move on from that recruit. So I'm not sure how that fares for us. Can't see that really going well, but I guess we'll have to see what it is. Um, yeah, I just think that he definitely can turn a program around, and I want to see that happen. I just don't know if he's going to be the guy to do that. I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's just a matter of time. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, you want to look into some of the other stuff um, around the NCAA. I don't really see – it was a pretty boring weekend overall. Really boring weekend, man, and I love college football, and it was just – I mean, there was just not much going on. Uh, you you want to find – you know, you want to find one or two marquee games every weekend you can think back on, and I'm not one of those guys that will fight forever saying that college football is better than the NFL. But in terms of – Wrong. Inter- see, there you go. In terms of being more – Interesting and just something that I enjoy watching more, but it was a brutal weekend for college football. Yeah, I mean, the best game was the UVA-Miami game, in my opinion. Uh, I think that was a 30-27. to 27, tw- No, wow, they really pulled away at the end of the game. Exactly, so that's the 44 48 final, so yeah, I wasn't even following it. Um, <laughs> it just looked close at one point. Um, I mean, the committee really should keep the top four the same. It's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Miami, Oklahoma. Um, Auburn had a pretty big win, and so did Wisconsin with that big win over Michigan. Um, I, they just can't score very well. They have a great defense, though. Um, I could honestly see Auburn pulling an upset over Alabama this next week in the Iron Bowl. It's a huge game. Um, sneaking into the playoffs. My question is, if they let's say Auburn wins that game, is Bama still going to get in? 
that's a tough question, and I don't know if you could drop Alabama just because one, who they are, and two, two who they are. It's just out. You know, I feel like a, a college football playoff without the Crimson Tide in there would almost be a, it would be incomplete. I just feel like they haven't played anyone this year. I agree, and and I think this is the big test, and I do think Auburn an Auburn victory would absolutely propel Auburn in there, and they would be set, but. I do think, again, depending on the Wisconsin, you know, how Wisconsin fares, which I, I think they'll win out. But um, Alabama, I still think, if especially if it's a close loss to Auburn, I still think they'll be able to sneak in there. Again, that has to do with what else goes around the, the number five, six, seven areas, but I still think Alabama could sweep in with, with one loss. Yeah, definitely going to be an interesting next two weeks, um, especially with these rivalry games and divisions. Um, let's see. Uh, let's look at the Pitt Miami game next week. Huge uh, game. I think that's going to be a pretty big game, honestly. Pitt's having a pretty crappy year, four and seven. Um, played VTech pretty well to a three point loss this week. Not that VTech is super impressive. VTech is is super not impressive. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just feel like every I just feel like every year Pitt is coming out and they're upsetting someone. Um, I don't know how accurate that statement is, but I just feel like somehow they always pull something off. Uh, don't see them winning this week, but who knows? Crazy things have happened. Uh, looking at some other exciting games that don't really have a lot of implication this week. Um, OSU Michigan game, always a pretty big deal. Uh, I think it's in. It's, I think it's at the Big House. Uh, I'm not totally sure about that, but you can still quote me on it. Uh, it's high, <laughs> pretty. It's highlighted by really these two coaches that could be on the hot seat in Harbaugh and Meyer. Um, none of them really performing to the expectations that they needed to. I mean, Harbaugh's never even beat Ohio State in his career, in his tenure at Michigan, so I guess we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Yeah, you can give me Ohio State by about 350 points that game. <laughs> there's uh, no way they lose to Michigan. Set the, set the line. Yeah, there's no way they lose. It's Give me Ohio State. They're taking 350 points here. Um, there's just no way that they lose this game. Although, and I know, I don't know, I've never really bought into the whole Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, and I think that's because, as you alluded to, in our near future, I think that Ohio State has just absolutely dominated this rivalry, and I personally expect that to continue. Um, you said interesting two coaches on the hot seat, and you know we'll just have to see who pulls it out. But like I said, I'm, I'm taking the Buckeyes by by a big margin. Yeah. So speaking of coaches, uh, speaking of coaches, something in the news recently is Chris Mooney fired yet? Yeah. Another another, another installment of uh, is Chris Mooney fired yet? And for this one, this this is a this is a big big addition for us. We actually have a um and a third reporter, an on-site celebrity. reporter. Celebrity reporter for ESPN, uh, Sergio Dip. Sergio Dip is live on in the Cayman Islands, and we're going to go to him right now and see what he's got to say about Chris Mooney. Sergio, what you got? Uh, hi, Evan. I'm here on the islands watching Chris Mooney on the beach. It looks like he's trying to get a tan and is having <laughs> the time of his life. But his team's play and lack of the tan and more of a sunburn kind of show the opposite. But he still looks like he's having the time of his life. Back to you, Evan. <laughs> and so Chris Mooney is not uh, fired. Not yet. fired. So. Not fired yet. Sergio hasn't, hasn't played a game this week, but you know, still was kind of hoping it would happen. Sergio gives it to you live there. Um, I I bet they're having a blast. You know, toes up, toes in the sand, staring at the water. You got the beers. Yeah, got everything flowing. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Not spending time at the gym. <laughs> um, you know, I'm really I'm really interested to see how they come out tomorrow. Honestly, I I was just putting some thought into this earlier. The fact that if thinking about your flying, I I don't know how how long the flight is from Richmond to the Cayman Islands, but I would expect it somewhere in the four-hour range, which isn't that long, but you're in a new country. you got to deal with passports, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just think it's a lot to go through, and 
Hate dealing with passports. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. And I can see, I can see one of the two teams, either us or Alabama, Birmingham, tomorrow just coming out extremely flat. I don't really expect a, a, a high 80s to high 80s, you know, matchup. I really think um, it's going to take until the second half for both of these teams to settle in. And I think, unfortunately, that we're probably going to be on the back end of that mm-hmm. just because we have not been a first-half team at all this year. Never. Never. I don't think ever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully that will change tomorrow. But, um, you know, I I still think that we might come out a little slow. Hopefully we can stay competitive and, and you know, we can pick it up for the second half. But that will, that will remain to be seen. And uh, another thing I kind of want to bring up and ask you about is the fact that we're playing three games in three days when we've only got two under our belt right now. Do you think that we're going to kind of hit the ground running and just, you know, three in a row? Or are we going to be really burnt out by the time that Wednesday game comes around? Yeah, I was reading um, a piece in the Times-Dispatch today, shout-out John O'Connor, um, about how they think that this might be the best thing for our program, playing three games in a row and just kind of, you know, getting out there three days, um, playing 40 minutes of b-ball a day and, just grind out there, get with some good competition. I don't really agree with that. I think by day two, if we have two losses on our belt, we're going to come out flat. Like you said, I'm not really going to be motivated in that third game, depending on who we play. So yeah, I don't know if it's the best thing for us, but I mean, it's definitely not a bad thing. We had a, a week off and then we come back and play G town at home, which <laughs> <laughs> I can't, can't even get into that yet. Um, that'll be a post Thanksgiving reflection. We'll talk about that. Yeah. One. We're going to have a lot to talk reflection about reflection slash, crying podcast session i don't even know what that's going to be unfortunately uh, we're not we're not actually going to be able to sit or you know be at that game because we're going to be home on thanksgiving break sad so we're going to be tuning in live i don't even know if it's actually yeah, i don't even know how i'm going to tune in but, but we will be tuning in and we uh we wish we could be there live and i actually it really stinks that they couldn't get this game scheduled when they could actually have a student section coming out because i think the gyms could be mm. fairly empty and now maybe a lot of more local people will be able to come out but uh yeah, not looking, not looking too optimistic for the for the George uh, Georgetown Vermont back to back. Oh, it's gonna be a tough back to back too because <laughs> both those teams are pretty solid. Um, but yeah, regarding the Caymans, we'll see we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know. I think they're gonna have more fun on the beach than they will on the court. Agreed. Unfortunately, and I think the three games in three days is gonna is gonna totally wear them out. Yeah, I think so uh, too. So. Well, moving on to uh, something else right across town, we got the VCU. Uh, Rams. Talk about VCU. Uh, quick, quick shout out for v- Cannibals. We'll v- give them a oh, quick God. talk. Two and one start. Played a decent game against UVA. Um, a great sh- matchup. Shout out Kyle on. Guy. Um, sophomore on UVA. Super nice. Had never heard of him before. Seems like the press doesn't really like him that much. And there's some people. I think he's just like enemy villain Grayson Allen type guy. Put up 29 on that VCU D, which is pretty impressive. Hit some clutch shots when it mattered. Um, we saw veteran Justin Tillman. Have kind of a rough game, eight eight rebounds, four points. Not really what you want to see. If they want to be good, they need more scoring out of him for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then you got this transfer, Isaac Van from Maine. Sat out last season just because of NCAA regulations, but led the team with 19 points. It's averaging 14.5 in three games at the guard position. So um, he might be a tough matchup for us when they come to play us. Of course. Um, yeah, Kyle Guy, man, I'd actually heard of him uh, coming in. He 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 had been rocking a man bun for a while. I don't know if he still rocks that, but he's definitely not the most intimidating player when he steps out on the court. But the guy's just a pure scorer, great shooter. I'm uh, not surprised to hear at all that he hung up almost 30 points on on VCU, although it is you know VCU known for their their havoc defense. Yeah, havoc. But yeah, like I was saying before, a great early season matchup. I don't actually don't think VCU and UVA play very frequently. No, I don't think so either. So that's kind of cool to kind of yeah. get that in state matchup, and uh, you know. 
for I guess for a ten sake, we would have liked to see VCU pull that one out. But at the same time, I'm never gonna be never upset gonna for a VCU yeah, loss. Exactly. <laughs> um, something I just popped into my head. This is super random, but uh, whatever happened with that Patino story? I, I was watching the Louisville team over the weekend, and I, that was just such a big deal when it happened. And I just feel like that disappeared so fast. Dude, he's pretty much done. I mean, he I. I, mean, I think they reported this, but they pretty much hashtag done. They they pretty much found explicit evidence that he knew what was going on. He through some sort of conversation with one of the assistants or one of the one of the Adidas reps or one of the whatever you know their scheme that they've got going on. But they pretty much have um, cited evidence of him knowing about unauthorized Everything. payments, unauthorized whatever else was going on. So um, yeah, he I think he's got the nail in the coffin right now and. You know, if I were if I were Patino, I'd just be laying very low, and uh, you know, I don't think he's getting any calls anytime soon for for any <laughs> job openings. Although, if think about, could you imagine if we brought in Chris? Let's, Louis, what's his, what's his fucking name? Rick Patino, Richmond Spiders basketball coach. I mean, I can't. You know, I don't even know how to feel about that. I, just like a story written in the stars that we 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 go zero and ten to start the season, and then Rick Bring Patino. In Patino. The land of second chances comes in, <laughs> turns us around. We make a tournament run. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! I, I would low key love that. Honestly, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, for all we know, he's probably at a tiki bar in the Caymans, pounding bruised with Mooney, talking about the Prince. There it is. Offense. He's talking about I'm going to take your job in a couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. He's learning. He's <laughs> learning inside and out of the very effective Princeton offense. <laughs> Cracking myself up on here. Yo, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit of NFL. We've we've been right. running on basketball for a little bit. Um, it's Sunday, but this pod's going to be debuting on Monday. Yeah. Just a heads up to everyone. Also, apologies to the listeners. A little stuffed up. Got a little coughing going, so apologies for that. Yeah, it happens. It happens. But Yeah, we, so NFL, big, eh, not really that big of a Sunday, honestly. Yeah, it wasn't a huge Sunday in terms of crazy games. Um, but, you know, some, some playoff pictures are starting to come out a little bit more clear. We talked about yesterday, Vikings-Rams matchup, who has the bigger horns. Yep. Uh, Vikings for sure have those horns, man. They were ramming the Rams. Adam Thielen. I nice. mean, this guy, He's first nice. of all, I had no idea who he was until I drafted him like 10th round in my fantasy yep. league this year. Guy's a beast. Yeah, he's sick. He, he, I mean, he either gets like five catches for 100 yards or eight catches for 150 and a touchdown. I think he's a top 10 wide receiver in terms of production. Um, running out of that slot position for, again, still Case Keenum. Yeah, I know. I mean, he lives to see another week. He's He's... Playing out of his mind, playing. I mean, yeah, out of his, out of Case Keenum's mind. Yeah, he's playing great, and um, yeah, Thielen's a great story, a D two player, I believe. Don't know actually where he went to school, and I'll, I'll look that up and, and let you guys know about that. But yeah, if you actually haven't heard of Adam Thielen yet, um, do yourself a favor and see if you can look up any highlights or anything like that. Yeah, he's actually a really electric player. He went to Minnesota State, Mankato. Me- Me- sorry for the pronunciation, hmm. um, but. Yeah, that's it. That's Apolo- apologies for all Minnesota. What is it? Minnesota State. Apologies, Mankato. Minnesota State, Mankato. People listening to this podcast. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry guys. Um, but yeah, he's a great player. He's having a great year. Um, probably the best game from the early slot was the Saints Redskins game. Yeah, big comeback. Really upset about um, another <laughs> one of my fantasy players. <laughs> and again, it, it's fantasy does not matter, and I shouldn't say that because you know it's an actual real injury to a real person. But, but fantasy Chris, does matter also. It does. But, but also not at all. Chris Thompson went down, got rolled over by, um, I believe, one of his own linemen. And it was just one of those deals where his leg was pretty extended. And, you know, having 300 pounds fall over on your leg isn't going to work. I believe he broke his, his tibia or his fibula or one, uh, one of those. Neither of those bones. are ever good. Yeah. 
broke a bone in his leg, and he's going to need surgery. And they haven't given a timetable yet, but I would be surprised if he came back because the Redskins, I don't think, have any sort of playoff belief. Um, Thoughts and prayers to him. Yeah, the Saints, though, I mean, they we talked about last week, are they legit? Dude, they are legit. They are. They're nice. I mean, Drew Brees was, what, 11 for 11 on those last two drives coming down in OT in the fourth quarter. That's that's pretty awesome. And Kamara and, and, uh, and Ingram. Ingram again. Gary Sanders I mean, Mark, Jr. Like I said, Mark Ingram, like 35 years old, but he's running like he's, <laughs> he's a rookie, and, and they look so impressive, and I think um, the Saints are actually going to be a, a really, really dangerous team going into the postseason. Um, they came down from 17, which which is you know really yep. really impressive and just a really tough loss for the Redskins. Yeah, you know it's kind of kind of the nail in the coffin for the season, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, what do they got? Six, five or six games left, and I mean, they're Eagles are way too good. They're not going to catch them. Um, even the Giants got a win today. Wow, that was nuts. <laughs> Alex Smith going back to old Alex Smith. Ways. Terrible game for Alex. Terrible. Smith. I mean, I. Just, I don't know. The, the, yeah, I can't even get into that one. That was ridiculous. I think the Chiefs might be a question mark at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, too bad the AFC West isn't that good. The Broncos yeah. are god-awful. Another really big story from the early slate is the the Bills. <laughs> the Who are they playing? Were they playing the I, – I actually can't even think of it right now. I'll look it up. The, the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers, and the Chargers hung like 50 <laughs> points on them. The Bills, the Bills coach decided – and what, they're not even are they under five hundred? Final score fifty four twenty four. Bills are now five and five. So so they were yeah, so they were over five hundred. You're at five and four going into this game. And you decide to bench Tyrod Taylor. Who's thrown two interceptions all season. All season. You bench Tyrod Taylor. Well, after a pretty demoralizing forty seven ten loss to the Saints last week. I don't but, care how demoralizing And it the Jets is. the week before. He makes a calculated risk yeah. is what his term was. I don't know how long he calculated <laughs> Those calculations were off. About t- he 26 made a calculated, seconds. Calculated risk to start rookie Nathan Peterman out of pit. Out of pit, who you were just talking Upset about. City. Nathan Peterman comes out to this game and throws five interceptions in the first half. I mean, when was the last time you heard? I, I couldn't tell you. The last I don't time. even know. Five and a half. Five in a game is. God awful. I, w- I was I was ripping on Ben Roethlisberger for throwing five at home. I think against the, I forget who the Jags. I think he was playing. Yeah, the Jags. Five in your first Shout half. Shout out Jags first place. And then of course Tyrod comes in in the second half again, rightfully Beast. so. I think he gets two touchdowns, but of course by that point they're so it far behind. Um, they're so far behind that it's not even going to matter anyway. Um, so you know my question for you is 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 poor Nathan Peterman's NFL career over after one half? Yes, totally over. Uh, this guy. Somehow might get a chance to start again next week. Um, what's his name? McDermott is the coach, I believe. Said that he's going to take some time to decide, you know, who rightfully deserves to start next week. Which That's is a great a joke. quote. That's a great quote. What are you talking <laughs> about, dude? This guy was terrible today. Five picks in the first half, and you might throw him back next week against. A well, you're better. thinking about throwing him back. Who are they playing? They're starting against the Chiefs defense next week. Yeah, no thanks. I mean, Eli Manning beat them today, so. I don't know what to say about that. I think the Chiefs beat themselves today. Not true, but regardless, Tyrod's got to be in there if they he'll be in there somehow have a chance to make the playoffs, which I guess they do because the AFC East is not great this year. Another great quote too, I think, is after the game, you know, asked about his decision. Of course, rightfully so, he said something along the lines of, "You know, I don't regret my decision. I regret the outcome. Like yeah. he had any control wow. over the outcome. Yeah, seriously, come on. I man. mean, he did, which was his decision. I mean, that's just 
an absolutely ridiculous <laughs> statement for an You don't NFL make that decision, team. you're not going to have that outcome. So yeah, maybe you should I mean, think that's about just, that That's basic. So that was hilarious. So not great for um, him. Um, quick, going back to Mooney. Oh. Um, shout out Jeffrey Chrysler just sent me this article. Well, we're talking about Patino and Chris Mooney. And Sporting News wrote an article about possible replacements for Rick Patino. Chris Mooney. Um, as Louis basketball coach, the number two person. No. Yeah, number two person that came up. Chris Mooney Richmond. Please read what he has under there. Uh, <laughs> I, I would love to hear this. Wait, can if I'm gonna make it some predictions. Yeah, let's hear let's hear what you would think it's gonna be. They're gonna talk about his unique style of offense with the fast ball movement of the Princeton offense. They're gonna talk about um how he, he took teams to, to consecutive tournament appearances. They're gonna talk about the sweet sixteen run. Uh, and those are three. Hopefully, I hit one. Let's see. What uh, we got. Ryan Fagan, Sporting News. Let's see. Let's see what this guy knows. Chris Mooney, Richmond. Why he makes sense? Mooney was a hot name on the coaching carousel a couple years ago. Nope. After he <laughs> led 12th seed Spiders to the Sweet 16 in 2011. There we go. Also, six years is not a couple years ago. Um, Ryan. He, st- <laughs> he stayed in Richmond though, and he has continued to win basketball games. Richmond won 22 times in his 12th season with the school, including a pair of victories in the postseason NIT. Wow, impressive. NIT. We're an NIT caliber Ooh, program, man. Two wins, NIT. He deserves to be coaching Louisville. Doesn't that make you want to come to the school as a recruit? We're an NIT caliber team. Oh, man. Looney's teams it's have won at least 19 games seven times in the past nine years. Make if that ever, seven and ten after this year. <laughs> <laughs> if he ever decides to leave the Spiders, he'd make a great coach for a power conference school. What is this guy on writing this article? Can man? I get a date on that article? Uh, yeah. Because I would have. September 29th. Of this year? 2017 oh, this year obviously because it's yeah because it's Patino's and he's the first picture on the website uh we'll be posting that article on all our yeah social, we're gonna post social media for, for, our, for our followers to thanks, check out thanks, that Jeff. is horrible yeah, <laughs> I, i'm speechless honestly should be coaching power conference the guy can't even coach in the a10 oh man well sorry it just made me yeah, that was a little that rant, that was funny that was funny yeah <laughs> all right so uh moving back to the well, not back to the NBA. We're going to head over to the NBA real quick. Another quiet weekend. Um, dude, I've been looking for something for a while. I haven't been able to find it, though. What What, do, what, do you, what have you been looking for? Uh, some round thing or a person, maybe. I think it's time for somebody find a ball. Ball, 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 ball. Where's the ball? Suspended indefinitely. Hey, Leangelo, let's go. <laughs> Leangelo and his two teammates have made it back to the United States, as we said. And the next day after we recorded our podcast, well, I guess on the podcast, Evan made the prediction that he thought President Trump had something to do with the release. And the next day, the next day, the next morning after we posted our podcast, so I guess we had the scoop first. Uh, Trump must have listened to the Frontline Fanatics first episode. Absolutely. Um, Basically said, uh, why haven't the UCLA players thanked me for releasing them from China? (laughs) And then (laughs) later that morning, they did release... uh, a thank you to the president and which was the nice of them. defense department for helping them get out, which is nice. You definitely have to do that. Um, who knows what his role in it was. He probably didn't do anything. Maybe got on the phone for like five seconds, but um, regardless, you got to thank the people that got you out of jail um, where you could have been for 10 years for being a total moron. Um, but then today, um, the real story happened. Unbelievable. Uh, we, got, we got president on his official Twitter account. Tweeting, now that the three basketball players are out of China and safe from years in jail, LeVar Ball, father of LiAngelo, is unaccepting of what I did for his son, and shoplifting is not a big deal. I should have left them in jail. And then Dropping comes, the hammer. Drops the hammer. <laughs> then comes back five hours later saying, this is like 
the story, you know, had run in the morning and he had tweeted many other things and then he <laughs> And he decides to just randomly tweet. Come back to it. Come back. Shoplifting is a very big deal in China, as it should be. Five to ten years in jail. Okay, shoplifting should never be five, five to, to ten, ten years, years in jail. jail. Come on. Unless you're literally like stealing Teslas out of the dealership. <laughs> um, but not to the, not to Father Lavar. Should have gone his should have gotten his son out of jail during my next trip to China instead. China told them why they were released. Very ungrateful. I mean, I just don't even know what to say to that. I'm I'm honestly hoping that the Lavar. Donald Trump pay-per-view fight happens and I would probably pay 250 to $500 to see that. Even if it's just them in the same room and Trump's, you know, tweeting and Lavar's yelling at him, that's how the whole fight goes. No doubt that would set the human race back 20 years in progress, but it would be wild to watch and I would totally get behind watching it. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, this is crazy. Um, you know, I was I, I, I was kind of joking when I said that, but I, I was actually pretty positive last week that Trump would somehow find his way into this. Um... And yeah, apparently he did. Apparently he was the number one reason why they got out. And, you know, I think LiAngelo and his teammates handled it fine, but LeVar had to come out and say who um, in reference to, you know, when they asked him about the president, you know, his actions, which, again, love LeVar, hate LeVar, whatever. That's pretty, I don't know, just there's nothing good that's going to come out of saying something sure like not. that. Um, and especially with someone like Trump who's so, you know, happy to respond to criticism or, or anything that he doesn't like. Um in general, you know that he's gonna he's gonna jump off of that. I was actually watching a Steve Kerr uh, post game interview a couple or just a couple minutes ago, and he was talking about he was asked that, which is you know, just how do you feel about this dynamic, which is so unrelated to anything he's doing in his life, and he kind of gave an answer basically along the lines of I'd really appreciate if you guys just stopped talking about both of those names, and then we and then we'd all be able to go along happy. Yeah, for real, which is pretty true. I mean, um, like, this so, yeah. just shouldn't be an issue at all. The, like you, the, you help kids get out of jail. Like, why are you making this about their father? And why is the father making it about, you know, something that's bigger than that? Um, you got to think that Trump is a pretty big subjectivist relating to the ethics position theory. Oh man, now um, you're now you're going way over my head. You know, he's a, he's definitely a relativist who bases ethical choices on personal considerations such as you know his values and moral emotions, not necessarily. Um, looking for the the best result, as we can see. Um, not sure where I'd put Lavar. I guess extremely high idealism and yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe high relativism. I don't really know him. I only know him from his media presence, so I can't give him a totally fair evaluation. But um, shout out Foresight for the uh, ethics position theory, of course. Yeah. And, so and, and I, 1990. We. <laughs> We found the ball. We've the ball has been suspended indefinitely. The yeah, middle ball. So we'll see where it rolls to next. Yeah, I think um, I predicted last podcast that he would get no less. I'd be surprised if it was less than ten, and I'd be surprised if it was more than ten. Yep. Um, and Maybe a, a possible transfer to Richmond. Leangelo Ball and Patino. That's a championship team right there. Now we're dreaming, but that I mean, gosh, I can't even imagine what that would be like. But yeah, um, you know, I, I I was hearing some analyst talk how it would probably make most sense for them to come back right before the start of conference play. So, you know, they're out till the new year. And then when conference play rolls around, that's when they start getting back in. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens with them. Um, other NBA stories. A great game. I think it was last night. I hope it was last night. Between the 76ers and the Warriors in Philly. Oh, yeah. Um, ben Simmons came out. Ben, ben Simmons and crew came out in the first half. They were absolutely firing. I believe they were, I don't know, I don't have the exact number on the lead that they were up by, but they were up by at least 20, I think. 
Um, if not, it was very close to that. They were up by at least 20, and Curry came out in the third quarter just absolutely stroking it. And Yeah, he was balling, they especially came, with no KD. They came all the way back, and the Warriors ended up winning that game. And, you know, as, as someone who was pretty involved in Philly sports, you know, just based on what my, what my family brought me up with, the Sixers are absolutely the real deal. Ben Simmons is absolutely the real deal. Great team in 2K. Yeah, great, I'm the, great I'm the team G- in 2K. I'm the GM now. So fun in 2K. And, um... Yeah, they're they're both they're, they're both playing great. Covington is probably our can, like the goat. our joint yeah. favorite player. In Dream the would be getting Robert Covington on this podcast. We love we'll Robert make it. Covington. Robert Covington Anyone is awesome. Anyone listening, if you know Robert Robert Covington, help us get him on. Yeah, this. Get, get us the contact. Robert Covington is the best three and D player in the NBA. Right I now. might I might invest in a real Robert Covington jersey. I might throw the hundred fifty dollars for a Robert Covington jersey. Yeah, it no might thanks. might be worth it. Is it gonna rip like all the other ones actually? No, do? I'm not gonna wear it. I'll just hang it on my wall. <laughs> frame it um quick final eagles just beat the cowboys they remain atop of the nfl e a g l fly eagles fly s 37 9 murder of the cowboys um like i said last week cowboys are not going to win a game maybe one game until z comes back if it's a bye week it's a loss bye week loss yeah tough i mean i honestly i really expected the cowboys to actually keep it close I, you know, the Eagles are playing so well that I actually think that every game now, I think that they're going to play poorly and have a team play up to them. Um, but yeah, I mean, we are we are absolutely rolling. It's it's a it's a fun time to be an Eagles fan right now. And even if you're just a casual NFL fan and you want to watch some great offensive football, watch the Eagles play. Their offense has a lot of really great weapons. Wentz is a rising superstar. Um, you know, as, if he stays healthy, there are no limits to what this guy's going to be able to accomplish. Shout out FCS football. Yeah, North Dakota State, man. What, who actually should be FBS? Because yeah, they're they, way they get too good such for us. a good following. Like when we went in there, what was that two years ago? Yeah, we got. We murdered. went in there, and it's like it's like an NFL environment. It was a murder. Yeah, Shout yeah. out Chris Muth. They're a good team. They're, yeah, they're nice. Um, yeah. So I think that's about all we got for y'all to, for this week. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to throw in in terms of any any other any other uh, interesting notes? Um, not really. You know, Thanksgiving break's coming up, so we probably won't have another pod out to you guys until next Monday, if not Tuesday. Yeah, unfortunately, we we get it. Well, fortunately, we get a week off. We're gonna head home, see the family, play the podcast for all of them at the at the Thanksgiving table. Get all uh, get yeah, all the, the critical feedback. We hope you'll do that too while you're enjoying your your fresh turkey, or you know, maybe you're not having turkey. Maybe you're having some tofu. Um, we don't know. <laughs> we don't we don't judge um, about vegetarian options. <laughs> Um, so we hope you'll enjoy some football on Thursday and some NBA basketball. We got some good games there. Um, I don't really know who's playing, but you know the Cowboys are playing. I know the Giants. Giants playing the Redskins. I think one of the Thanksgiving football games is the is the the Lions the, are probably said, playing no, no, the Cowboys. It's, it's right? the Cowboys play and the Chargers. Really? Yeah, I'm almost positive it's a Thanksgiving game. That's I'm, kinda, I'm that's Yuck City. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week when we get back. And we'll um, and we'll have all the scores from uh, you know the Richmond game. Yeah, so. we've got. I think is there a Richmond game in between? I think there's a Saturday game, right? Before we come back after the after we get back. I is believe, that the Georgetown game? I believe is it. Yeah, it's the Georgetown game. So we're gonna have four games to talk about. Yeah, Cowboys Chargers. You're right. Yeah, we got Vikings Lions. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot to talk about. But um, you know week. that that's that's something exciting. But you know we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to cram it a lot. Yeah. In so with all the great games, give us that follow on Twitter um, at front underscore fanatics. If you have anything you want us to talk about on the pod. Slide on either of our DMs in the DM of the account. Um, give us a like on the Facebook page, Frontline Fanatics. And check out our website at frontlinefanatics.weebly.com. Uh, we'll be posting a bunch of blogs every break because we got nothing else to do. 
<laughs> well, I got it. I got a paper to write, so I mean, I, yeah, got a lot I have to a do. paper due that Monday too. But <laughs> trying to put that off as long as possible. Of course. So yeah, we appreciate all the support, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Please, uh, please keep reaching out. Please keep, uh, you know, interacting with us. We'd love to to meet up with some people. Yeah. Talk some spider sports. It's a small community out there, so we really enjoy um, the support we've gotten so far. And uh, please keep listening. Like Andrew said, if you have any suggestions, anything you want to ask, anything you want to hear, just let us know. So I think we're actually trying to. I'm trying to see what the date is for this. Um, December 9th, we're playing JMU, and there'll be a basketball and brews event. Oh, yeah, that's huge. And we hope to get out there and see some of you guys out there. And we'd love to talk to you about the team and whatever else you want to talk about. Yeah, mark that mark that date on the calendars. Yeah, 4 to 5.30, tip off at 6. So let's get some beers going. And that's probably what we're going to need to watch this Spiders team <laughs> um, by December, if we even have a one yet. So, yep. Uh, that's about it for us. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving with your family, loved ones, or whoever else you're spending Thanksgiving with. So, thanks so much. Signing guys. off. Happy Thanksgiving. Take care.